Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech are fabulous sponsors of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertech stores Australia wide. And if you buy something before the end of October, you could win a $1,000 Coles Express gift card. Check out all the details on the extensive range of Protect products from Pertech at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that actually talks with the legends, not about them, and does so each and every episode. This is Best Of, a look at one of the game's greats from their Legends series interview already in our Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. This one is with a guy who won three premierships, went on two kangaroo tours. He was the kangaroo tour captain in 1986 and Australian captain 24 times. He won the golden boot. That was back in 1984. He's a Harry Sunderland medal winner. He was named in the Australian Rugby League Team of the Century, the Queensland Team of the Century, and in 1999 was ranked an immortal. This is Wally Lewis. If you enjoy this quick look at the great man, you'll just love the full interview. It's episodes 202 and 204 in the library. Here's the king. Enjoy. The Brisbane competition was probably where your dreams and aspirations were. Sydney, yeah, that's cool, but it wasn't the be-all and end-all. No, well... Everybody used to regard it as the best competition in the world, the mm. best rugby league competition. Was it where I wanted to get? Well, I probably wanted to, to go as far as I could to uh, to further my career and play at the highest level. Did that mean playing in Sydney? Well, not really, but uh, everybody used to suggest to me that uh, once you go and play down there, um, you'll come up with the, uh, with the idea that that is the best place to be. I watched Paul McCabe, um, couldn't take my eyes off him. Mm. Making a judgment on uh, on his turn, um, he seemed to go very well, and there were uh, you know some of the other names. And when I started to play alongside them in the Queensland side, and these were the guys that were you know all born around the same time, I started to think, well, maybe I would make it down there. Um, let's uh, let's try and see. Dad was always sort of saying, look, just take it easy, don't rush into making mm. decisions like this. Um, and he was probably of the opinion that uh, I had to perfect my game. Again, and he kept using those 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 same couple of words, mm. uh, perfect your game. Uh, and Get it right up here before yep, you. I was I was quite willing to to take his judgment yeah. on and whether he, yeah whether he thought that I could make it. Um, but uh, as soon as uh, Origin started in 1980, I thought I had the best of both worlds. Yeah, uh, really. I was still in Brisbane. I was able to be picked in this team, um, and uh, pretty soon uh, the dominance uh, was a, was about to start. 78, 79, is this when you first bumped into Mal Meninga? What are your first 
Recollections of the big bloke. First recollections of Mel Meninga were playing against him in 1977. It was the uh, the Valleys Under-18 team playing the Police Academy Under-18 team. My dad was the coach of the Valleys Under-18. Wayne Bennett was the coach of the Police Under-18 wow. team. There was um, <clears throat> Mel Meninga. I, we'd played against the Police Academy a couple of times. I'd missed one of the games uh, because I was away on a rugby union tour. Yep. Uh, couldn't play. Um, we came up against uh, uh, the police in the grand final and – the blokes were saying, this guy here hasn't been here before, this this big centre. He was a bit of a raw-boned kid. Yeah. He wasn't there, and the first time he got the ball, he nearly ran through the lot of us. <laughs> um, and uh, it came to the you know to the fore that, who is he? Haven't seen him play. Um, we ended up beating them in the grand final. I think it was something like 1918 or 1870, wow. something like that. We just got home, yeah. um, and it was, uh, um, you know, one of the – uh, introductions to uh, to the big time, I think pressure football. Uh, I think that mm. we uh, um, we had to learn a lot about. But I did uh, remember talking to Dad. I got pretty well concussed in that game, but I so I was asking him some uh, some questions, and mm. he just kept saying, uh, "Well, look, they you know they were, they were good all round." He said, "But that one big kid out there, the big raw bone kid," he mm. kept calling him. He said, um, "Geez, he can run." He what can- made him so special? Um. Not just in 1977, but all the way through. Is yep. there is there something in his mindset or his character beyond his athletic talent that made him so special? Yeah, he had a, a will to win. I, I think he probably – I tried to um, to challenge Mal to run more with the ball, um, yeah. to, to run through the opposition defence. I told him, you know, so many times that, um, you know, you've got my confidence. I know you can do it. Mm. Don't let yourself – don't let your teammates down. And that usually inspired him. As soon as you, you you throw that at somebody, don't let your teammates yeah. down. You have that again, that fear of failure for the one hundredth time. Um, it comes into your play and uh, and inspires those to produce better for performances. Um, but uh, it was quite obvious that uh, he had a, a remarkable skill of being able to switch, which I tried to to get a lot of the players to use of switching hands with the ball. So mm. useful he was with his fend. He was able to use it both sides. Um, and to, to have him part uh, of a team that I was playing for uh, was, uh, was was quite remarkable. The elite guys in any sport, like yourself, fear of failure, is that a motivator, a genuine motivator? Yeah, and you know that uh, you're, you've probably reached a, a certain level um, and as, as much as we like to try and play it down, we're all the worst of losers. We really okay. are. We hate losing. Yep. Absolutely despise losing, and um, we get a bit shitty with it, and and are able to, uh, you know, to to probably react um, not in the proper way, shape mm. or form uh, after a game. But um, you know, again, uh, my dad used to say, "It's what you learn from a loss uh, that will, you know, prove to be your your biggest benefit." Um, and uh, it was something that I think that um, you know we we, we were. We were the best of friends. We had enormous respect for each other's mm. ability on the football field. Uh, and we were, uh, I think, out to, to try and achieve something of which uh, we never thought that we were any chance at all when we were young men. Yeah. Um, any episode, any time, our interviews never date, never, any of them. Over 500 to choose from. Download the lot and rip in, legends. The 86 Kangaroo Tour, the unbeatables. Don Ferner, coach, you were the captain. 
the first Queensland-based touring captain since Tommy, Tommy Gorman, Gorman in uh, 2930. 28 tourists, 23 of them played in the New South Wales Rugby League at the time. All three tests, you played at 5'8", Peter Sterling with the seven. That is, in my mind, the perfect footballing world. Sterling and Lewis, what do you recall of the 86 tour? Uh, remarkable. Yeah, I knew I was in um, um, in a little bit of a difficult situation, but the proudest moment of my life uh, to go away. Um, you mentioned Tom Gorman. I have a, a photo that I keep downstairs. It's of Queensland's first two um, kangaroo tour captains, me and Tom Gorman. Really? Um, it's, uh, it's a remarkable one. Uh, I can remember I got a call um, when I was um, announced as captain from his family and they said, you won't know me, you won't remember the name, but Tommy Gorman. I said, well, I've heard the name before um, and the congratulations went on. So from there it was, uh, it was a proud moment. I went on and uh, the challenge started immediately. Um, the one thing that uh, I got reminded of was after about a, a week or 10 days of the tour, Gene Miles uh, said to me, will you stop carrying on like you are the captain, you are the coach, you, you are the administrator, you are the man in charge of having a good time, settle down. You're telling us don't go out, don't get on the drink. What did you do last tour? I said, well, I might have had you, a couple of you drinks. You changed from player to captain, <laughs> had you? So, yeah, the, uh, the dictator was there. Um, but I realised that um, it, was a, it was a challenge that I loved taking part in, um, trying to, uh, to live up to the standards. Of course, the first question was, is this team as good as the 82 one? Will you be undefeated as well? That hadn't happened. You know, uh, are you going to try and uh, achieve this as well? So it was, uh, it was something that it, I'm glad I, uh, I settled into pretty well. Um, admittedly, yes, I, uh, I was a little bit hard-nosed uh, the mm. first couple of weeks. Uh, Donny Ferner was, uh, was remarkably uh, relaxed. Yep. Uh, and uh, I had a, a great relationship uh, working with him. I don't think that we were under uh, the same uh, pressure for every training session as what we were with uh, Frank Stanton, but, but Frank uh, insisted uh, that we were at our uh, at our best each and every training session if mm. we wanted to be at our best on the field, and certainly he was quite entitled to that. Um, the uh, the series uh, went on. Uh, we were in some uh, some very very tough games. Um, the game that was uh, played at uh, at Wigan, uh, I do remember, and I'm sure that was game two when uh, when all of the injuries uh, took place, and I ended up scoring a try late in the game, yep. which uh, which went down okay. Um, and the uh, the players themselves knew that uh, that they'd uh, taken part uh, in a well, it was a history making moment. Absolutely, um, it was to wrap it up. Game three in Leeds. Um, left me uh, as happy as uh, mm. I knew I'd, I'd achieved something that uh, that I'd set out to. Um, I'd had the uh, the marks or the um, uh, tested for uh, by by a lot of uh, coaches and a lot mm. of um, games prior to that. But um, I knew that um, I I really had set out something to uh, um, to achieve. The thing that was probably the most important to me was uh, don't be a failure. If you lose one game, you're going to be one. Well, what's a captain to you? Two-pronged question. What's a captain to you? What's a leader to you? Cap Are they different? Uh, captain to, uh, to me can be the one that makes uh, uh, the, some very difficult decisions yep. in the shortest space of time. Okay. Um, a leader is, uh, is the one that, uh, that just does that. 
the whole time. Uh, you've got to be able to uh, uh, to come up with it. And I know for a lot of people, they'll say captain and leader are exactly the same mm. things. Well, um, that may be the case for for some, um, but uh, you know your your decision making process um, you know plays an enormous role. But leadership is uh, is something that um, you know doesn't always take place on the field. Pertech are fabulous sponsors of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertech stores Australia-wide. And if you buy something before the end of October, you could win a $1,000 Coles Express gift card. Check out all the details on the extensive range of Protect products from Pertech at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a good time when I left. Uh, Bennett they made a, a decision which he was, you know, um, quite uh, quite able to, uh, and that was to shift me, bring Kevy Walters in, mm. um, shift me to lock. It wasn't what I had in mind. Um, took the captaincy off me and gave that to Gene Miles. Mm. Um, so I instantly assessed that as being, well, that is a plan to move me on if he's taken that yep. and moving me out of the position. Uh, they had a pretty good year uh, that year um, and certainly um, I moved on uh, after that. It wasn't the way that I had in mind to mm. – I'd pretty much thought, well, if I have a good year this year and wrap it up with a good good season for uh, um, uh, uh, for the Maroons, if I'm able to perform well there, um, at the end of this uh, campaign – um, I might be ready to retire, uh, but certainly yeah. that uh, you know it took a, a long time for me to to make my mind up on on where I was headed. You didn't want to leave on those terms. Not on those terms, no. Um, it uh, it was difficult. Um, I still had a, a lot of good mates in the side. Um, I instantly rang uh, Manly to try and yeah. uh, get on board with them. Uh, that didn't go ahead, um, which uh, which I can understand. I was. I was uh, thirty years of age around yep. around that mark, so it was um, it was uh, something that you know I uh, I probably had uh, other ideas. The Gold Coast for two seasons, captain coach as well. Enjoyable, right decision, wrong decision. As you look back now, yeah, uh, all over again. You know, I had some wonderful times there, some great uh, experiences with the players. Uh, Brent Todd was there, Chris Close, Choppy Close. Mm. I got to play with him and enjoy his determination uh, every game. And I, I don't mean to be dis- disrespectful by not mentioning any other names, uh, but uh, it, it wasn't all that good a year. Um, yeah. Uh, Malcolm Cliff was the coach who was the Canterbury defensive yeah. uh, planner for uh, for a number of years. Um, but, um, yeah, it wasn't a good campaign. Um, I took over as, uh, as captain coach the following year and, um, you know, if, when I often say the things that I changed first in my life, it was uh, how I uh, how I reacted, um, how I coached and how I put into play um, what I expected from the players, I should have been prepared to give that same time myself. Um, I, I got okay. a little bit short and wasn't quite prepared to uh, accept the run that we were having um, and did some very strange things in uh, in my in my coaching career. Um, so I'd, I'd like to, you know, go back and do that again. But um, it, uh, it just opened the door, I guess, for uh, my first season um, away from rugby league. 
I was certainly going to be covering it and yeah. uh, uh, being involved in, in some commentary, um, but I wasn't going to be a player or a coach. Speaking of coaching, you go on to coach Queensland. Was that something you aspired to, something you wanted to do, or did it just sort of happen? Yeah, it just sort of happened. Um, I'd I'd had a look at uh, Queensland, had not enjoyed some of the um, the run, uh, the defeats that we'd uh, been suffering. Um, I probably thought that if I could go in there and uh, get involved at, at an, as an origin level, I knew I didn't have to coach the players. Uh, yeah. That was the reason for the decision. Um, I, I wasn't there to try and make them better players. They were brilliant stars as, uh, as they were, so they didn't need any help. Um, and I felt that uh, I had some some good support from uh, from the players. Um, they didn't have a bad coach either. Phil Gould mm-hmm. uh, was yeah. uh, was in charge, and I still remember um, our first uh, crossing. I went to shake hands with him um, prior to a game, have a photograph taken with him, and uh, Phil dropped a line on me, and uh, I had a bit of a giggle. Um, so I knew that the uh, um, the battle had started. Yeah, and um, when I asked a couple of the uh, the, the the guys about um, what was Gus like. They said, "Mate, he won't stop at anything. He'll yeah. uh, he'll work and work and work. He'll he'll give countless hours uh, to working out what's needed, what's necessary. Um, but the thing that's the standout feature more than anything else is who they've got in their side. Mm. Um, if you're volunteering for coaching, you wouldn't have done it uh, at that time." Um, if, uh, if you had have given full respect to, uh, yeah. to the standard of their players. They had a great team, but I was determined to, to succeed and we had, uh, I think we had two two one losses in both and mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I probably learnt a little bit about it, but uh, up against a Gould and a, a fairly good New South Wales side, uh, I think uh, I had my cards marked. The best of Wally Lewis. We hope you enjoyed the full interview. Is episodes 202 to 204 in our Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. So get this, you can download the lot, rip in, and get amongst the best rugby league talk there is. Because this is the only podcast that talks with the legends, not about them. Make sure you come back soon.